Are you dreaming of visiting Switzerland? Planning a trip to Switzerland is very exciting, but it can also be overwhelming. How do you choose which of the many scenic cities, towns and villages to visit? Which mountaintop excursions should you take? And what's the best way to get around Switzerland? And of course, how much of the country can you realistically see within your time frame? If you've asked yourself any of these questions, this is the podcast for you. This is the Holidays to Switzerland travel podcast, and in each episode, your host Carolyn Schonefinger chats with Swiss travel experts to answer your most commonly asked questions, provide practical tips, and take you on a virtual visit to the most popular destinations, and of course some hidden gems, to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. And you'll hear plenty of conversations about Swiss cheese and chocolate too. Are you ready to plan your trip to Switzerland? Well, let's get started. Hi there. Welcome to episode 60 of the Holidays to Switzerland podcast. I don't know about you, but I can't believe we're almost at the end of the year and Christmas will be here before we know it. The lead up to Christmas really is a special time to be in Switzerland. There's a little bit of magic in the air when Christmas trees start appearing in town squares and twinkling lights are strung up and the aromas of roasting chestnuts, gingerbread and mulled wine can be savoured at Christmas markets. We heard a little about Switzerland's Christmas markets in episode 55, but today I wanted to dive a little deeper and hear about the customs and traditions of Christmas that are so important to the Swiss. Of course they include Christmas markets, but there's so much more. As in many nations, food plays a big role in Christmas celebrations, and cookies are a major part of Switzerland's Christmas cuisine. In fact, there are four main cookies that no Swiss household would be without at Christmas. To tell us more about Swiss Christmas traditions and cookies, I've invited Andy Pilot, a Swiss-Canadian pastry chef and cookbook author, back to the podcast. One of Andy's books is dedicated to Swiss cookies, and of course it has a section on Christmas cookies. I bought a copy of Andy's Swiss cookies book last year and baked a couple of varieties before Christmas and they were a big hit with my family. But as well as sharing her love of Swiss Christmas cookies with us, Andy is going to give us an insight into how the Swiss prepare for and celebrate Christmas, what they eat for Christmas dinner, and you might be surprised, and how they spend Christmas Day. Before we hear from Andy, I'd like, as always, to say a big thank you to the team from Switzerland Tourism for sponsoring the podcast. There's lots of info about visiting Switzerland at Christmas time on their website, myswitzerland.com. So do go and take a look. If you are planning to visit Switzerland at Christmas time, whether it's to try all the delicious cookies or immerse yourself in the magic of a Christmas market, remember to take your camera because if you need the perfect shot, you need Switzerland. I can't wait to chat about all things Christmas in Switzerland. So let's hear from Andy. Hello, Andy. Thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. It's lovely to have you here again. Thanks, Carolyn. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, we've we've had some great discussions in the past about Swiss food and also about all the Swiss lovely drinks that you can try. And I, I must say that um, I hadn't tried uh, Ravella before. You mentioned it in, in our last podcast that we did together. And when I was in Switzerland this year, I, I tried it and I actually really liked it. So thank you for the tip on that. 
Oh, not at all. I'm so pleased. Can be real acquired flavor for somebody. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I think it was more um, just the the sound of it that it, that's made with whey. I think that was what put me off. But yeah, actually, it, it tasted really nice. For those listeners who haven't heard our previous episodes together, would you like to introduce yourself and and tell us a little bit about your background and and what you do? Absolutely. My name is Andy Pilot. I am a pastry chef, food writer and cookbook author. I write all about Swiss food and drink. Yeah, my background is I am half Swiss. I grew up in Canada and yeah, I moved to Switzerland about, oh, now it's like 12 years ago. I started writing about Swiss food on my blog, Helvetic Kitchen. And from there, it sort of snowballed into cookbooks. And now every day I write about Swiss food and eat Swiss food and I'm in heaven. (laughs) The perfect life. And we should mention too that your very first cookbook called Helvetic Kitchen Swiss Cooking has just been re-released in a brand new format. So well done on that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes, the original book was just recipes with small hand-drawn pictures. And now I have a full cookbook with photos of all the dishes and yeah, really happy about it. Well, before we go to, we will uh, let everyone know where they can uh, get a copy of of those books. So we'll make sure to to let everyone know that. Uh, Now, we're fast approaching Christmas, which, yes, seems unreal when you think how fast the the year has gone. So I think it would be great, especially for those people who are thinking of visiting Switzerland at Christmas time, if not this year, perhaps in the future, just what sort of traditions and and customs the Swiss follow during the festive season. Would you like to tell us about how the Swiss celebrate Christmas? Absolutely. So one of the best parts about approaching Christmas in Switzerland, of course, are the Christmas markets. Uh, You find these in pretty much every big Swiss city. Some of the most famous are the one in Basel that's huge. Um, The one in Bern is really beautiful. And lots of people know about the one in the Zurich train station. And the focal point of that one, of course, is a huge Christmas tree that reaches right to the top of the roof. And it is covered in Swarovski crystals. And you can imagine sort of in the evening, just how that glitters in the train station there really puts you in a Christmassy mood. And in the big cities, the Christmas markets sort of just stay there throughout the season. They open up in early December and they they are open right until the new year, basically until New Year's Eve. And you can go to them every day. You can find, of course, you know, Christmassy stuff, Christmas decorations, things like that. And of course, a lot of foods that are associated with Christmas. You can buy Christmas cookies and you can, of course, have a glass of glue wine, mulled wine. It's often red wine. I've seen in the last few years, they make a white wine version as well too, which is becoming really popular. And sometimes you can find what's called glue mushed. And that is just like an apple cider uh, and that you can get non-alcoholic as well. That's really nice. And of course, in Switzerland, it's hot chocolate. You can have hot chocolate everywhere too, which is nice before Christmas time. And is the markets, are are they a good place to buy like the Christmas ornaments that people like to hang on Christmas trees? Is that something that we'll find at a Swiss Christmas market? Absolutely, yeah. In the big cities, you'll definitely find stands uh, selling things like that. And of course, all sorts of local products. In in cities like Bern, a couple of weekends before Christmas, they even have a special handicraft Christmas market. And that's just all local producers that are coming. And they have, I mean, literally everything, wool products and people who are making 
all sorts of food products before Christmas. And uh, that's when you get the real local sort of local things here in our little town of, of Trubschachen, the, our, we have a big cookie factory here, the famous Cambly cookie factory. And uh, for two weekends, they also have Christmas market with local goods and of course, lots and lots of cookies. And so in smaller places, if you go to a smaller town or if you're up in the mountains, their Christmas market might not be on every single day, like in the big cities, but you'll definitely have a weekend um, where they have local artisans coming and, and you can buy things from theirs. Wonderful. Definitely something that you must do if you're heading to Switzerland in the lead up to Christmas. Absolutely. So the lead up to Christmas Advent time, I find is almost a bigger deal than Christmas Day itself. It's all these preparations throughout this season. And in Switzerland, of course, they celebrate Christmas on the 24th of December, but they also have a big celebration on the 6th of December. And that is St. Nicholas Day. That's celebrated in lots of parts of Europe. And here in the in the German-speaking part of Switzerland, there is a visit from St. Nicholas who is called Sammy Claus here. And um, he comes to children's houses or to, you can visit him sort of at supermarkets or at Christmas markets and things like that. He comes along quite often with a live donkey and uh, his helper Schmutzli, who will take the bad children away. And the good children receive a little sack full of usually mandarin oranges, chocolate, Lebkuchen, which is gingerbread and uh, peanuts. So most little children get a sack of that. My daughter um, and her kindergarten class, they go out into the woods and then Sammy Claus appears from the woods with his live donkey and the children must each say a little poem to him and then they receive this little sack of treats. So if you're in a Swiss supermarket around this time, you'll see these big bins sort of filled with loose peanuts or loose chocolates and stuff and little burlap sacks next to it. And then you can fill the burlap sack and then by weight, you can buy these little Sammy Claus sacks and uh, you too can enjoy peanuts and chocolate and oranges. So do children then still get presents on Christmas Eve? They do, yes. And usually how that goes is on, yes, the 24th of December, you will gather in the evening with your family. Usually it's your immediate family at home. Traditionally, like when my mom describes how Christmas was when she was a little girl in Switzerland, you would bring home your Christmas tree on the 24th of December and it wouldn't be decorated at all. The children were then shooed out of the room. The Christmas tree was decorated and all lit up quite often with wax candles. And then a bell would ring and the children would come back into the room and they would see this beautifully decorated Christmas present. The presents were all under the tree and they would say that the Christ kindling had come. So Jesus, baby Jesus had brought them all these presents under the tree. And um, nowadays I know people decorate their Christmas tree a little bit earlier, maybe not quite as early as I was used to in Canada when people were already at the end of November putting up their Christmas trees. But a few weeks before, quite often people are decorating their trees. But yeah, usually the gift giving all done on the evening of the 24th and then the 25th, people have it as a holiday, but that's more of a day of relaxing and, and maybe reading the books that you got for Christmas and playing the games. Okay, so how, how do the Swiss uh, sort of prepare for coming up to the 24th? What's, what sort of things would they do, you know, to make the, the Christmas celebration special? So they do quite a lot of different things. Of course, they all have advent calendars. That's something that I see like in the English speaking world has become a lot more popular in the past, I think, decade or two decades or so. But as a child, I remember my mother gave me a, an advent calendar that she had made herself with little bits of chocolate. I was the only one in school. 
who had that and it was really special. And so that here also is a huge tradition that that everyone has an advent calendar and every day they can open a little box. Lots of people still make those by themselves rather than buy the store-bought ones. But those are also, of course, really popular. Or you can even buy what I really liked when my daughter was really little, just like a big poster with little doors and then she can open it and every day was a new picture and then it built a a big scene. So that's really nice. You can also buy lots of beautiful cards where you open a window every day. And it's not just advent calendars that you have at home. Some whole towns do something called advent windows. 24 different families or homes in the town will volunteer to decorate one of their windows. And each day, members of the the village or the community will walk from window to window, and then the window will be unveiled on whatever day of, of December they have. And then that family will often offer maybe some glue vine. They have a little apero uh, with the members of the community, and that's really lovely. So perhaps if you're in a smaller town, Switzerland, you'll see these beautifully decorated windows, uh, the advent windows. Yeah, what a lovely community event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I mean, don't forget to look at the beautiful shop windows that they have here too. Um, in the big cities, you see some really amazing windows with mechanical figures and decorated for Christmas that are really really lovely. And of course, um, for me, the most important part of this Advent time is the baking, making Christmas cookies. This is huge. And actually, one thing I forgot to mention for December the 6th, they bake a special bread that's in the shape of a little boy called a Gritty Bands. He often has a little chocolate stick tucked under his arm. And you'll see that also in bakeries around this time. And he's just a delicious little treat to have. So aside from cookies, which we'll talk more about later, what else do the Swiss typically eat as their Christmas meal on December 24th? This is really interesting. This is something that has been fascinating me as long as I have lived here. Because of course, in Canada, we have such a set Christmas meal. People eat a turkey, mashed potatoes. Every family will maybe do the side dishes a little, but you can be pretty sure that in most families, there will be a turkey on the table. And here in Switzerland, there truly is not specific food to eat at Christmas time. Basically, families are just getting the best cut of meat. They're maybe trying something new. My mother-in-law is always wrapping a really excellent cut of meat in some sort of dough or puff pastry, and she's doing beautiful decorations on it and things like this. But it's not a set meal. I feel like every year it's something a little bit different. You often have a fondue around Christmas time, Christmas or New Year's. And the fondue that's most popular is usually the fondue chinoise. So that's when you have uh, hot broth or hot oil, bourguignon, and um, you're cooking the meat at the table in the pot and uh, eating that. So my in-laws often have that on New Year's Eve. As a child, I often had it on Christmas Eve. But generally, there's not a set meal. But the other thing I should also mention that people are eating in the Advent time is chestnuts, hot roasted chestnuts that you can buy in little stands throughout Swiss cities. And that's something that you should not miss. You get a little bag. Um, There are two little pockets on the bag. One is filled with the cooked chestnuts. And then there's another little pocket on the other side that you can put the chestnut shells into once you've eaten the insides out. And uh, yeah, that's a wonderful treat. They think of everything in Switzerland, even somewhere to put the chestnut shells. Exactly. So would you say that Christmas is as commercialised in Switzerland as it is in other countries like the US and Canada and Australia, for instance? I mean, I know here even September and certainly October, there's Christmas decorations and Christmas cards starting to appear in the stores. Is it similar in Switzerland? 
I think it's creeping in more and more every year. You see them trying to sell you more things and and having stuff in the stores a little bit earlier. I mean, here they complain about it just as much. I think last week was sort of the first that I saw Christmas things really being aggressively put into the supermarkets and bags of Lebkuchen and stuff like that. So that's mid-October. It's mid-October, yeah. And here there's no Halloween, so there's nothing to stop it. I feel like in some countries people can be like, okay, we'll wait till after Halloween, November 1st, let's go. But here there's no Halloween to hold them back. So um, yeah, I think it's a little bit less commercialized in some ways too. There's really a focus. I mean, again, we live in a small town. There's really a focus on like spending time with your family and and making cookies together and, and sort of uh, less so focused on like gift giving. Lots of commercialization, but in a way, it's still the traditional just spending time with a family and, and appreciating yeah, that the time of year. Okay, so let's talk about cookies because um, I know this is a topic that you're very fond of. And I must say to everyone listening that I did buy a copy of your Swiss cookies book last year and I did make a few of them and, and they were a big hit. So thank you for providing easy to follow instructions. Oh, super. And probably never fail recipes if I've uh, managed to succeed with them. (laughs) So would you like to tell us about some of the, some of Switzerland's favorite Christmas cookies? Oh, absolutely. So there are four cookies. I call them the big four. And I think these are the four most popular cookies, definitely in the German speaking part of Switzerland and also in the French speaking part as well. The most popular cookie in Switzerland is Mylanderly or Milanese. These are basically just a very buttery shortbread cookie. They have a little hint of lemon in them and they are baked by every family throughout Switzerland during the Christmas season. For lots of people, that's their favorite cookie. And for lots of people, they find it to be a really boring cookie. But of course, it brings them back memories of childhood. And the history of this cookie there's not really a consensus on why it's called Mylanderly Milanese. That that implies that it's from the city of Milan. Myland is the German word for Milan. And uh, they don't quite know why it's called that, but they have been making it for centuries. They made it in Basel famously. A lot of the Christmas cookie traditions um, come from Basel or, or were featured a lot in Basel. And they used to have it there at New Year's and serve it with uh, glue vine in the 18th, 19th century. And then it sort of spread throughout the country. And I think for most families, if they only bake one Christmas cookie, this would be the cookie that they bake. Maybe the next favorite for lots of people, their favorite is the Brunsley. This is also a cookie from Basel. It's often called the Basler Brunsley. This was also a cookie that initially was made throughout the year, not just for Christmas. They had it for weddings and things like this. It is a nutty cookie. One of the things I like about a lot of the Swiss Christmas cookies is they are just naturally gluten-free. They were a luxurious cookie, so they were just made with ground nuts and uh, usually egg whites. And um, this one is made with chocolate. You can use just cocoa powder, just ground chocolate. Um, many different kinds of nuts are used depending on what your family bakes or or what you prefer. You can make it with hazelnuts or ground almonds or even ground walnuts. And uh, that's another sort of classic uh, Swiss Christmas cookie. So you couldn't get bored with that one because you can make so many different varieties. Absolutely. I've made it before with a little bit of orange zest in it, which is really nice. I've made it one year. I glazed it with mint. Swiss people really don't like the mix of mint and chocolate. So I ate most of those myself, but uh, it was also quite delicious. 
Another really nutty favorite Christmas cookie here in Switzerland is the Zimtstern. You definitely don't only find this in Switzerland. It's really popular in Germany too. This one, you can also make it with either ground almonds or ground hazelnuts. The most important part is egg white glaze that's on the top. You have a perfect Zimtstern if you manage to bake it and the top stays pristine white. That's uh, the main trick of baking this cookie. Um, Zimtstern. Zimt is the German word for cinnamon. So they're cinnamon stars uh, in the French part of Switzerland. They're étoile a cannelle. And uh, yeah, that's a really popular one as well. And of course, also gluten-free. So I guess you have a little star-shaped cookie cutter that you use. Yeah, that's right. And then the fourth favorite is the Spitzbuben. In French, that's called a miroir. That's just like a jam sandwich cookie. That one is really beloved. That's probably my daughter's favorite Christmas cookie. In our family, my grandmother always and my mother always made it with um, red currant jam. In between, I like mine with raspberry jam. Uh, another real favorite that they, they make here often is putting quince jelly in between, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, that one's sort of another of the classic that's that's the one of the ones that I made, and yeah, it, it was a big hit. <laughs> so, what's the history behind that one? Do you know? Because uh, the 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 Buben part of the name is is a boy. Is that right? So a Spitzbub in Swiss German means like a mischievous little boy, like a little rascal or something. You would be like, oh, it's a Spitzbub. And um, traditionally they they made these cookies quite a bit bigger and then they cut like a face into it. So like two eyes and a big grin. And so it looked like this like jammy little face was looking at you. And you can find those in bakeries all year round. Um, the big Spitzbub. And yeah, that's where the name is from. But um, in my research, they're they're not actually that old. They are, I think... From the last century, they only started making them, but they become super duper popular. Now, there's a couple more that I'd like to ask you about. They're not typically Swiss, I know, because um, my mother-in-law is from Germany and she's a whiz at making, well, particularly one of them, the vanilla Gipfel. I have attempted these before and, and failed, so I leave it to her now, but, but they're a big hit in our family. And the other one is Lebkuchen. Would you like to tell us some more about those those two delicious cookies? Absolutely, yes. The Vanille Gipfeli, I call it in my book, that would be like the Swiss German sort of name for it. You often see it as Vanille Kipferl with a K. Um, that's a typically Austrian cookie. But of course, yeah, it, it's throughout the German speaking world. That is a tricky cookie to make. I always also struggle a little bit with that one too. You have to keep the dough really, really cold because it's just chock full of butter. But it's one of my favorite. And uh, at the end, you dust it in lot, lots of powdered sugar and it sort of just melts in your mouth. And yeah, that one's excellent. Um, it looks like a little a little croissant. And do you make yours with hazelnut meal? I make it with usually ground almonds. And I actually typically in Switzerland, it's really easy to buy your your ground almonds, your ground nuts here. They sell that and it's all on sale at Christmas time, which is great. And I will ground it a little bit more to make it a bit finer so that it holds together a little bit better. So that's a good tip. But um, they are a tricky cookie and you have to be sort of chilling the dough at all time. That's uh, quite difficult in Australia when it's very hot at Christmas time too. So I'm going to say that's my excuse. Absolutely. I mean, even if they don't look like little little crescents at the end, they will always taste good. Good point. <laughs> 
And how about Lebkuchen? Lebkuchen, of course. So this one usually is just translated as gingerbread. And um, what makes it different from the, the gingerbread that we're used to sort of in Canada or in the UK, instead of molasses, they're using honey and um, the Lebkuchen spice mix. So what they we would call like gingerbread spice, it mixed a little bit different. There's more anise flavor and, and a little bit less uh, strong ginger flavor in the mix. And this is made, yeah, you get it throughout the Christmas season on St. Nicholas Day. They already have uh, lots of Lebkuchen. You can get ones that are soft, sort of like soft cookies. Sometimes they're filled with marzipan, sometimes not. Um, you can get elaborate cookies that they have decorated. And sometimes Lebkuchen here is kind of like a cake, like a gingerbread cake we would think of maybe um, in the English speaking world. And uh, that is also delicious. At Christmas time, traditionally, these were were cookies that were meant to keep for a really long time. A lot of recipes, the really traditional recipes don't have a lot of fat in them because they had a longer sort of shelf life. And often they were also used as decoration too. They had wooden presses that they could like press into the gingerbread to make really elaborate scenes. And then you could even hang that on your tree or or display it somewhere as decoration. A lot of the other Swiss, famous Swiss cookies, things like Bieberly, things like that from Appenzell, these gingerbread cookies um, also had these elaborate designs and were similar to, to the Lebkuchen that is made at Christmas time and, and is made all year round. You can buy that as well. Yeah, right. So you could have it as a Christmas decoration and then you could eat it. Exactly. Instead of packing it away. <laughs> now, I think there's also a cookie that uh, the city of Basel is famous for. What can you tell us about that one? Absolutely. They have this beautiful cookie. In Basel, it would be known as anispirately, little cookies flavored with anise seeds. This is also a cookie that is not unique to Switzerland at all. It's just really beloved in Basel. Its origin is actually from the city of Stuttgart in Germany and people there and a lot of other people in the German-speaking world would know this cookie as Springerli. And uh, this is the same cookie um, in Basel. They just add a little bit more Kirsch, which is uh, distilled cherry spirit to, uh, to the cookie. What's really special about it, of course, is that it's white cookie and you press these wooden forms into it and it makes absolutely stunning, really intricate and elaborate designs. And the cookies, they're really nice. They're, they have a nice flavor and they keep also for a really long time. So lots of people will make them at the beginning of the Advent season and they'll be giving them to their friends and family throughout the whole Christmas season. These ones you can definitely also use as decoration. You can hang them from your tree. They're really beautiful. When I was writing my Swiss cookie book, I was able to visit this couple who lives here in Switzerland and their job and their passion is um, preserving a lot of the old wooden cookie forms that are really centuries old. And um, what they do is they go to collectors of these forms or they go to museums even that have these forms in them and they make a copy of the old picture, the old uh, thing that would be on them. So I don't know, it's like cows or nativity scene or flowers or really any, they have themes, all kinds of themes. 
um, they make a copy of that and then they make forms out of it and you can buy these forms from them. Um, they produce them all here in Switzerland and they send them all over the world and they're really popular with people. They have a huge customer base in the US and their company is called the Anise Paradise. Really wonderful. You, and then they ship all over the world and you can have these beautiful molds. So you can buy different molds and, and make cookies with all, with all the different scenes on them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a wonderful idea. Now, I'm interested to know if you have a favorite Christmas cookie or is it too hard to choose just one? It is really difficult to choose just one. But I do I do think the Vanille Gipfeli, those uh, those crescent cookies, they are my favorite. Those ones I usually try not to make too big a batch because I can't really be left alone with them. They will all disappear. <laughs> it's good that they're difficult to make. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just really love them. Of course, the taste of a Mylanderly to me is like pure nostalgia for my mother's kitchen at Christmas time. But, uh, but yeah, those Vanille Gipfeli, yeah, they're the best. It's great, isn't it, how, uh, you know, certain foods can bring back wonderful memories from even from years and years ago. And and I think that's one of the special things about Christmas too, because often we only have certain foods or certain cookies uh, at Christmas time. and, And yeah, it's very nostalgic. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, where can our listeners find out more about you and and all your cookbooks? You can find me online on my blog, blogging about Swiss food. That is helvetickitchen.com. There I have links to to where you can order my books. The publisher of the books is Burgley Books, and there you can find cookbooks. But there's also lots of other great books all about Switzerland. They publish English books that are about Switzerland, basically. And uh, yeah, I'm on all the usual places, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, yeah. Great. And I'll include the links to your website and uh, Bergley Books and, and your social media accounts are in the show notes too. So people can quickly link through and encourage everyone to order a copy of, uh, well, particularly the Swiss Cookies book in, in time for Christmas. That's super. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us again, Andy. It's been wonderful to chat all things Christmas and cookies. Thanks so much, Carolyn. And I wish all of your listeners a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Christmas in Switzerland from Andy. It's such a special time of year and I love that whether you're a resident or a tourist, you can still immerse yourself in long-held traditions like visiting Christmas markets, seeing the love and pride that goes into decorating advent windows and, of course, savouring the tastes of Christmas from mulled wine and roasted chestnuts to cookies. And speaking of cookies, if you enjoy baking, I encourage you to purchase a copy of Andy's book, Swiss Cookies. It features over 40 different cookie recipes with a special section on Christmas cookies. And they all have easy to follow instructions and stunning photographs. And it's available in English. I'll include links to where you can purchase the book and Andy's other books, as well as her website and social media channels in the show notes for this episode. You'll also find links to other helpful articles on our website about visiting Switzerland in winter. If you'd like to know more about some of Switzerland's most popular Christmas markets, be sure to listen to episode 34, where we chatted about the Basel, Bern and Montreux Christmas markets. And if you missed Andy's previous appearances on the podcast, have a listen to episode 31, where she chatted about raclette, fondue and other Swiss foods, and episode 40, where we discussed Swiss drinks. The show notes with all the links can be found at holidays to switzerland.com forward slash episode 60. 
I'm off to bake some Swiss Christmas cookies now. Until next time, tschüss. If you'd like more great resources to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland, there are lots of ways to connect with us. Visit our website, holidaystoswitzerland.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter, or join our friendly, helpful community of past and future travellers in our Switzerland travel planning group. You'll also find the links to connect with us in the show notes for this episode. Show notes and a list of all previous episodes are available at holidaystoswitzerland.com slash podcast. Don't miss out on your fortnightly dose of Swiss travel inspo. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating. That's all for this edition of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us and happy travel planning.